welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Brandon Sharp. And I'm Anthony Mako. And before we get into this episode, I want to make a really quick announcement because we often say this at the end of the show. I don't blame you if you don't make it to the, like the last 30 seconds. I just want to say... For our podcast, we're so thankful that you all are listening and we're actually getting really good feedback. We love that. I just wanted to let you know one way that you can really help us out without taking too much of your time. If you don't mind, go ahead and like slash subscribe, which is depending on what your app is, and then rate and review our podcast. It'll take you less than 10 seconds. It's massively helpful. It's sort of hard to find good show um, if you search it in some of the, the podcast apps. And so if you start doing that, the algorithm will bump us up a little bit more. And I don't want to get too greedy, but if you like our show, please share it with everyone around you and we'll get it passed around. But that's all we're asking. We're really thankful for the interaction. We're thankful for the feedback. I have one bit of feedback before we get going, Brandon, that I need to share with you. And that's that my mom wants you to know, she just wants to make sure that you know that hot to trot carries a sexual connotation. And you that's a phrase you're, you're known to use. So she just wants you to know. I mean, how many times have I used that? At least three. <laughs> Probably. So I, I do know that. And I am notoriously horrible when I use like an idiom or something like a cliche or some, I think what I mean to say is hot under the collar. Oh yeah, you are. You're mixing them up. That's the problem. I do. I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible. So I just, hot hot. to trot comes flying out of my mouth. Um, But what I mean is hot under the collar. I, so. Okay. Well now we know that's good. Yeah. 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 Just so you know, I, I am not (laughs) meaning anything sexual. I just mean. It but she didn't up. think you did. She wanted I know to make, she didn't. Yeah, this is she mostly, wanted to make sure I knew. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I do know what hot to trot means. She's quite a bit like me in that if there's an opportunity to correct you, she's going to jump on. On this episode of Good Show, we are discussing Stranger Things. The year is 1983, and all is quiet in the sleepy little town of Hawkins, Indiana. All is quiet, except for whatever goes on in Hawkins' lab. No one really knows, no one really cares, because it doesn't disrupt life in Hawkins whatsoever. It doesn't affect life until one evening, after a lengthy campaign of Dungeons and Dragons, Will Byers disappears on his way home from a friend's house. This tragedy sets the characters in our story on a collision course with Hawkins' lab and inexplicable events of the strangest variety. Stranger Things aired on Netflix for the first time in July of 2016 and will release its fourth and final season in two parts, the first of which drops on May 27th. Gee, I wonder if Brandon loves this show based on the little synopsis he wrote right there. That was beautiful, Brandon. Thank you. I did put a little more time into it than normal. Yeah. Well, before we get started, I just wanted to give everyone a little rundown on why this episode may be a bit different than the others. Normally, Anthony and I are discussing shows that we are both fans of. Now, the show in question may have been something only one of us was familiar with initially, but a podcast episode would quickly take shape as the other would express their love for the show as well. But before we wrapped up season one, we wanted to dedicate two episodes to shows that maybe one of us was more passionate about than the other. So, this is my choice. This was the one that I selected. And then You'll know it when you hear it here in a few episodes. It it may not be the next one, but Anthony will have a selection uh, as well. So that doesn't mean that Anthony 
hated Stranger Things or anything like that. Yeah. I don't want you to box him in, but it's just one that I maybe had to coax him to watch a little bit. And it was it was all my choice. And he graciously agreed to discuss this show with me. So, well, and uh, I think that we, I don't quite remember how much, but there, you know, we remember it was mentioned early on as one yeah. of your recommendations to me. And then I've at least talked about it in one episode where uh-huh. I was in the middle of watching it. And so I watched the one season before I brought it up and now I'm, I'm current. So that's where we are at this yeah. point. Well, let's just dive right in here and uh, kind of yeah. roll off that a little bit. What were maybe some preconceived ideas that you may have had about Stranger Things before you started watching? Okay, so here's the things I knew about it before I started watching. Number one, the title obviously sort of lends itself to some sort of assumption about what sort of show this might be. Just Stranger Things obviously has a weird title, but then the the graphics and everything about it fit within a bit of a genre. And then I also have brought up the sort of ET eighties thing that that's some of the stuff I knew about it. And I will say, as I was thinking about this, another thing is I had heard at one point I was visiting a friend in Texas and I think it must have, it was either season two or season three had just come out. I was sleeping upstairs and it was a bit of like a, it was like a loft situation. So I was not totally sealed off from everything else in the house. One of either season two or season three had just come out. And I, I did, I was assumed I didn't like stranger things, but I heard it going on downstairs. Like I, they were so passionate about it. They had a bit of a party at the house and they were so okay. passionate about it. They watched it late that night. So I sort of heard it. And now I understand having seen the show, like some of the stuff I was hearing, but the noises I was hearing wasn't, weren't terribly appealing to me, which we'll get into why that was. Yeah. But all of these things are not, I had several interactions with the show a bit and none of it was enough information for me to make up my mind, but it was enough information for me to think that I could make up my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So that That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so where'd you start with the show? Well, as soon as this show hit the wires, there was massive buzz and i travel in eclectic circles Mm, and how interesting yeah well i don't want to be too stereotypical here but some of my friends are geeks i love kind of the nerddom geekdom which involves a lot of gaming and sci-fi and so a few of my friends really love this kind of thing and i'm by no means embarrassed about that sure i i love video games and gaming and eighties culture and all this stuff. So this was right up my alley. No, but we all have our own sort of our own lane of a culture. Yes. And then we also dip our toes into other people's as we are around certain girls. I understand what you're saying. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there were a few of my friends who were like, you have got to watch this. But as I went on, it seemed to have really wide appeal. There are people who I would not consider that geek die cast and they loved the show too. And, you know, as the more I would talk to people, this is a very popular show. You're not so, wrong about that. And I also, I wouldn't have thought you liked it if, um, yeah, I wouldn't have assumed you liked it. And it actually doesn't have anything to do with geek. I think it's some other elements, but, and keep in mind, I don't mean geek as a, no, I don't, I'm not taking, yeah, I'm not taking a bad. That is worn as a badge of honor. Anyway, I think I watched it pretty early on. Like it was probably 2016, if not, Shortly thereafter. Yeah. So are you glad you watched it? Do you feel like there was enough to keep you engaged all the way to the end or were you struggling at any point? No, there are some things I I was struggling at certain points, not struggling enough to say I'm just done watching this, but uh, there's certain things I don't like about it. And then also there's a ton I do like about it and plenty to entice me to 
you know, obviously, probably after this episode, I'll, my contract will be fulfilled with you. Mm-hmm. So am I going to watch season four? Yeah, totally. I'm going to watch cool. season four. Yeah. That's good to know. Point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. I don't regret it at all. Although good. it's a TV show, it's not like one of the biggest <laughs> mistakes of my life. I don't need to regret. <laughs> the, the mistakes are short-lived if they are, if sure, they are yes. indeed mis- mistakes. Yes. Well, what kind of show do you feel like this is? This is some. This is a discussion that you know I have had a little bit. Um, yeah. Kind of leading up to this, what would you consider this show? I actually, I'm a little hot to trot about this. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, okay. So this whole time we have this 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 assumption based on this idea that obviously I've sort of dug my own hole a, 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 along this line. But we basically started with the idea that this is sci-fi. Then I made a stupid broad statement, which is not at all true that I don't <laughs> like sci-fi. Okay. Then, but then I think you said I hate sci-fi. Yes, and that is not true. That okay. was an immediate reaction. I sh- I I flew off the handle crazy. But much to my delight, when I went to check to see what Netflix calls this, it may have like three three like categories for this. None of which are sci-fi because I was literally watching this thinking this isn't sci- I don't understand how this is sci-fi. And my whole world came together when I saw what Netflix and many other sites call this which is horror. Mm. And I say that because it's not stereotypically horror. Like a horror movie is what I'm thinking. I, 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 <laughs> I almost did it again. I do not tend to like horror. I never yeah, have either. liked, I've never liked horror. And it's for different reasons that I'm not afraid of horror. I don't, uh, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't make me stay up late at night. I actually think that, I don't know if this is the place to talk about this, but the horror element of this show is the part I don't like. And I continue to not like about this show. Hmm. I feel like it pulls me out of the show. Now, if there's a horror or a sci-fi element, no, let me pause here. The reason I don't, I don't, I don't even know how you could classify this as sci-fi because I'm not sure what the scientific element would be that they're sort of toying with, like mad scientist, amoeba in a petri dish that grows out of control, like those things. That's where I think sci-fi and horror could intersect. But there's not a there's not a scientific explanation for the quote-unquote bad guy in this show. So I, I don't know how you could classify it as sci-fi. I don't know if you want to fight about this or not. I don't know if you're in the mood. Oh. Yeah, I do. I, I would I would love to get into it a little bit. And I think this is a great place to do it. You know? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm I'm I've actually got the Netflix. I've got Stranger Things pulled up and I don't know what you were looking at. I believe what you say. I believe that what yeah. you read was horror. It, but says it, sci-fi. Actually, it does say sci fi. It says teen and it says horror. I am 100 percent in agreement with you that this is a horror show. It's yeah. just also incredibly sci fi. And I think things can absolutely be two genres. Oh, I, I, yeah, totally. I always just feel like with sci-fi, there needs to be some logical explanation right. for what's right. going on. And they have at least not to this point, maybe that, maybe that'll be a massive well, part think, of the wrap up. I think th- you have seen, sorry to cut you off. I think you have seen things that would be classified as sci-fi and maybe you didn't know. That sounded like, bad. Do I you have no, that's all right. What do you have an example yeah, so in mind? It seems like you have an example in mind. I do, and I'm. I don't want to root. I don't want to spoil the show for anyone. I'm going to dip into like a couple of things here a little bit. So, you know, whatever, do whatever you need to do. If you haven't seen the show, I think most people have. But uh, wormholes to other dimensions. That's a 100 a sci-fi narrative. The yeah. second thing would be the main character in the show. 
well, she's not really the main character, but she's kind yeah, of yeah, the yeah. One, okay, you, yeah, eleven. She's yes. kind of the story really revolves around her a lot. She was scientifically altered in a lab. She's yeah. you know she doesn't use magic. It's, she's not a mutant or anything. Oh, I actually didn't. I didn't know that. So okay, okay. Well, I didn't. Know, I didn't season, know her origin. I didn't know her origin. I don't know if it's season one or two, but they sh- they do show some flashbacks where they show like she's crushing a can and she's in a tank like a de- uh, deprivation yes. yeah, tank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are, those were uh, experiments and tests they were doing thought, on her. Okay. Well, but I thought those were like sort of inherent powers for her and they were, they were seeing how they might be able to harness that. And that's why they were running the tests. I didn't gather that I they see. had given her those powers. Yeah. Yeah. Her. So, and, I mean, I would agree that that's sci-fi then. Okay. All right. Well, and, and I, and I, I hate playing, Gotcha. I no, I, I don't feel like I'm, you're playing gotcha. No, okay. I, I, I am think not exploring trying to play this, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I think just, exploring this is good for the show. Okay. And, and also I it's worth noting Eleven is like my favorite part of the show. Like like I oh, love yeah. Eleven. Yeah. Would yeah, that's a later conversation, but I will come back to at least some element of this is horror and the horror element just totally turns me off every time they lean into it. And this show dips into that sort of a lot. And it's sort of, and what I don't like about the horror stuff is I've mentioned this, I believe before I need the metaphorical connection and I don't catch a lot of metaphorical connections in this show to in that regard. There's certainly plenty of them, but in, in the horror element of it, I I'm not catching a ton of metaphorical connections, but even more, I feel like some people horror like pulls them into the show in a suspenseful way. Mm -hmm. Horror for me pulls me completely out of the show because it feels over the top and I'm not, I'm not grossed out by it at all. And then there's just this weird, like gooey, like I, I was, I was seriously like one of the only things that annoyed me about the show is like, why is everything just gooey and gross? Like it's just over the top. And I don't, I don't see why that's necessary. And I think horror is mainly defined by its, the emotional response it elicits. It, it doesn't have as many narrative consistencies or maybe thematic or like the mood isn't necessarily always similar in a horror, horror movie or show. But one thing that is consistent is uh, the emotional response it elicits from the viewers. It's trying to scare you. It's trying to freak you out. Well, then so, we should classify this show annoyance for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it is important to. Yeah, I got you. Correctly identify this as a hybrid genre, sci-fi and horror, yeah. because a lot of the tropes you're seeing and it's pulling from a lot of, 80s style sci-fi yes yeah movies and also it has a very strong horror element so yeah and i don't think i i think i both of us are right really here sure at this, at well this i think point. we're coming to agreement basically yeah. but also i would say that this probably pops back a little bit to the preconceived idea but the people that i there's plenty of people i didn't know like this show the people that i did know really like this show really like horror and, yeah. and, and I've never found a connection with them on that. So I just expected that this was just like right. one of those things that I, I wasn't going to like because that's interesting. Yeah. I am 100% not a horror person. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. And I will say I found myself in a couple scene watching a few scenes like, 
whoa, I cannot believe this is a show I'm watching. There's a because there is sure definitely some strong scenes in this in this show, but I literally do like it. Uh, I mean, I was joking about annoyance, but like I, I <laughs> it's funny because though. when they lean into those horror scenes. It's just like, I don't know if it's sensory overload for me or what, but I'm just like, I wish this was over. It's so loud. It's not my my favorite. Yeah. yeah. It's not fun to watch. Yeah. But it's not because I feel scared or, or Mm -hmm. worked up. It's just like, let's get to the plot like this. It was steps me out of the plot for too long. I get, I get bothered. But anyway, that's, but I'm, I, I certainly don't want to make there. We're going to get to it, but there's plenty of things I love about this show. And I don't want to make, I, I I spent a lot of time talking about this is the part I don't like, but it is also only a part of the show. So uh, we're about to get to more. I think Stranger Things is a show that really relies on the ensemble. A lot of our shows are character shows, one or two strong lead characters in most of them. This is a, this is an ensemble cast. Yeah. Basically, the idea is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. So really, you don't get a strong lead character. Does this work for you? I think it should, and it mostly does. I think the way you frame that question forces me to be either yes or no. And I, okay. I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I will say what, what I think happened with it is that because it's ensemble, it took me much longer to care about anybody because mm-hmm. uh, you just didn't have a, a base level amount of information about people. And so I, I specifically remember thinking like, obviously the lots of people love the four boys in this show, that little team of, of boys that, I mean, like it's, it's not the center of the show, but it's close. And I remember thinking, why don't I know anything about these kids? Like pretty deep into season one, where it was, just, it just took me a long time. Like I, I don't, I don't totally buy the relationship yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I got there. So I think uh, the ensemble nature of the show is a bit of a, a, a handicap, but I certainly got there, I think, with some characters, and then perhaps the positive part of the ensemble cast is that there's going to be some you don't like, and I have several I don't like, yeah. uh, but there'll be some you really do like. So Yeah, I, I think the show treats, at, at any given time, two or three of the friends, the, the, the boys, are yeah. traveling together, working together. I really feel like the show treats them kind of like as a single unit, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, in some ways. Now, season two, uh, we see them split up a little more. And I think you see a little more growth, a little more exploration there. And then again, in season three, we see a little more layering. Season one, though, it's they're almost interchangeable. I think we have strong showings from someone like David Harbour, who plays the sheriff, Jim Hopper. He's maybe my favorite character in the show. I'm also a big fan of Joe Keery, who plays Steve Harrington. He and became my favorite, I think. After season two, he was mine also. Yeah. So I think you have kind of the friend unit, and hopefully we continue to see branching out and fleshing out of those characters. But you really have strong showings from Millie Bobby Brown. So, yeah, definitely one of my favorites. She's yeah. awesome. Also, how'd you feel about Winona Ryder? She's eccentric. Yeah. Does she I, not do it for you? No, no. Uh, because now listen, like 
I, I don't know why I don't want to just go ahead and say it. I've never liked any character she ever played. And I feel like that's the same thing here. And I feel like she's playing similar characters. Like she plays a hysterical person in everything I've ever seen her in. And she's hysterical in this show and not in a good way. Not, not she's not funny. Not like a funny person. Now listen, of course it's, if it's horror and if it's like all these things, then you have to have some of that, but I've never liked anything she was in. And, and this certainly didn't turn me around. I'm not going to say it's not horrible. I mean, it's not like it doesn't, it fits fine, but I, I didn't love it. I think there's something really convincing about her performance, though. I've often, when I'm watching the show, trying to, I, I try to put myself in, you know, the character's shoes as much as I can. I mean, obviously, you can't really do that. But there's something about the way she just never doubts. Everyone's calling her crazy. She never doubts. Mm-hmm. I think that connects with me. Yeah. And I buy her care for her children. Yeah. So that's a good thing. So I agree. I don't know that I've ever really enjoyed anything else she's been in, but I I do find her as the seasons tick on. I find her more and more likable. So mm-hmm. uh, she's the one that maybe is uh, a little polarizing. I think most people can get behind a, a David Harbor or a Joe Keery. Yeah, and the boys are plenty likable, but you know, anyway, they're fine. They got better as they got older, especially. Yeah. But that's mostly because they were older and able to potentially act a little bit more so that you know that's fine mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i i have i i sort of brought this up to you then it may be a more connection to like an 80s conversation but i'm so sort of jokingly i'm so annoyed by this 80s trope with two of the characters in the show where basically there's the there's a stereotypical uh, high school girl is dating the king of the town but yet mm-hmm. somehow she's in love with this uber nerdo Nerd. yeah and not, not even just nerd, but uber weirdo. But yeah. there's also nothing wrong with it. It's, it's not like this, uh, this really cool guy is a jerk or blah, blah, blah. Like the cool guy treats her perfectly. He's the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> and somehow it's just like, well, I really should be with that weirdo over there. It just makes it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so common. Yeah. And it's like, why? Well, like, but so that, that part bothers me, but, um, so I don't care for either of those I mean, characters. that, that is a, that is a massive eighties trope. I know the, the nerd getting the attractive girl. This show has a lot of it. It really does use a lot of those eighties tropes. I guess using the word trope, maybe a pejorative if, if they're not doing it correctly, I think it's a, a trope at that point, but um, that's you know the best way I can describe it. It's pulling from a lot of John Hughes, Brat yeah. Pack, you know, style back to the future. A lot of the ET, a lot of those style shows. So yeah, I do think you're getting a lot of like weird science is one, you know, the um, attractive girl and the nerds. And anyway, so I think we are just, we're seeing a lot of those things um, that they're definitely putting the pedal down on. I just don't. And we've talked about this. I don't like any of those. I like weird science actually, but I don't like any of the John Hughes movies. I don't like any of those movies and I don't have a nostalgic place for, I don't know exactly why, but cause I was, I mean, I was, so I was born in 82 no. and, and, and I lived if, in the eighties, but I was young in the eighties. So. Yeah. If you were going to like them, it wouldn't be because you grew up watching them. It, same right. with me. Like I, yeah. I've always just been fascinated with the eighties. For some reason, I love the music. I love all these movies that I have been, you know, naming. And I love a lot of the actors that were coming up 
during that time, you know, the outsiders and Rob Lowe and Tom Cruise and the Sheen brothers. And anyway, so I, I, I love a lot of that stuff. So this show was tailor-made for me. I really feel like Mm -hmm. that it was really for someone who loves the, you know, or read a book like ready player one, like all these things, you know, really, I do love ready player one. They really go hand in hand though. It's just like, uh, it's a, it's just such a rich era. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I love this. I love it. Story wise. Did you feel pretty engaged the whole time? And you can loop dialogue in here. I mean, I don't really have a judgment about dialogue, to be honest. It was it's, it's not it's it's serviceable. It's yes. it's what it, it's what it needs to be It's accessible. It's not over the top. The story, I think, moves along fine, even though I don't like some of the extreme elements of the story. Like like I've said, the horror stuff and, and, and um, some of the more extreme sci fi elements. I think the story holds together just fine. It does have that core brother slash sisterhood element. Also, the the coming of age stuff, coming of age stuff. Which yes, which I I enjoy. Yeah, yes. for sure. And so all of that stuff holds together. And and for me, that's despite some of the the negative elements. So it's yeah. it, it's all of that stuff is is the part I love about it. Hmm. And the story holds together, moves along really well. I will say that's another thing that bothers me about the horror elements, because I don't need these extreme pauses in story. I want to just continue with the story. Like I, I like all those coming of age brotherhood moments so much. And I would prefer you didn't pull me out for five minutes for loud noises and weird gooey stuff. Just keep me in that story. I don't, I don't need any of that stuff, but that's personal preference, obviously. But I do think it moves along well. I'd like to talk about villains for yeah. a minute. We've had extensive conversations off mic, so yeah, I know your feelings about this, but I'd like to maybe open this door up and let people peek in on, on maybe some of our conversations that yeah. we've already had. Yeah. And then maybe you could add in, what is your favorite kind of villain? And maybe some example, like what, what would be the perfect villain for you? And maybe why this, you know, did or did not match up with that. The perfect villain for me is somebody that you sort of explain the whole, like it makes total sense why they're doing what they're doing. They're yeah. acting horribly. They're, they're treating everyone horribly. And that you find out later, like, oh, it was because whatever. Somebody made fun of their painting when they were four years, you know, whatever. <laughs> so Hitler, that was really good that you pulled that out. Cause I, I mean, was trying, I was trying I to just... use Hitler as an example without <laughs> saying Hitler. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I played my hand too easily. That's a real villain though, Brandon. Oh, and that's uh, not, yeah. that's I not just what didn't I'm know. trying we were, to say. We were going right for the villain. Okay. The real life villain. Well, it's not because I any less think they are a villain, but I, I tend to think, I mean, I, I do think this is just generally a worldview issue and I'm not going to speak to anyone else, but I tend to not think there is some sort of uh, like meta narrative esque evil force moving uh, that that we can apply everything to and just explain all bad things to this uh pure evil force working against us i think there is a i'm more talking about story i guess but but that is that has something to do with my worldview so it makes me sort of bored with stories that basically say we don't even need to explain to you you just know this is this is bad we don't need to explain to you why it's bad and we don't need to explain to you where it came from or or why we assign everything to this like there's no explanation for any of it. It's just, this is pure evil, which is fine. I'm not saying it's logically inconsistent within the show. It's just like, okay, 
there's this very, very mysterious force in the show that is unexplained and confusing. And we assign everything bad that ever happens to it. And I'm going to go one step even further and say, in this particular show, there's conflict that arises between characters and they're totally willing to throw out their conflict because there's a worse thing going on. Mm. And I, I actually think I then come back to like real life and say, I hate when that happens in real life. I hate when it's like, um, well, there's, you know, there's something way worse. I mean, well, I'm, you could draw the political analogy to this. Like, I'm going to stop worrying about fighting with you because X is president. And so like pure yeah. evil is in the White House. So we have bigger fish to fry. Well, you know, we need to work out our interpersonal conflict. Right. So I'm more a sucker for interpersonal conflict, realizing that somehow uh, every character within a story has something good about them. Like there, there's a belief of there is no one is pure evil Mm. and there's something good. And then most negative interactions or conflicts are chalked up to miscommunications or, or like just some sort of misunderstanding that happens. Not they are pure evil and operating against us. Just that's not the most compelling story for me. Okay. What does that make you? Th- yeah, sorry. I lot to unpack while, there. Yeah, lot sure, to unpack yeah. there. I'd like to address the villain part first. I think there's a simple answer here. And this puts it firmly in, in the horror category. But if it was, this is a movie, this would be called a monster movie. Yeah. And I, I think the villain in this show is a monster. Yeah. Now I think the way you would define a monster in a movie is no clear motivation. And, and that's, that really seems like what you are, yeah, um, okay. what yep. you're describing. It can be kind of vague, but it does come across as like pure evil, just destruction. Uh, monster movies include things like Alien, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Those are all monster movies. So I, I think this can become a horror trope. I would argue that as the seasons tick on, the monster becomes more of a villain, becomes more layered. Um, His motivations become more clear. And I'm talking, trying to avoid too much. Sure. Yeah, that's difficult. Too many, too many things here. But we quickly learn that there's a guy behind, there's something behind the curtain who's kind of operating all these other things that we've been seeing. And I think at that point, we're discussing more of a villain. I think motivation does become a little more clear disagree yeah i mean here we are back at sure I've, man i'm about I, I, to prove my i'm about to prove my own point wrong but basically like it's like a sauron type thing yeah who um, i love well and we can him, and we but can i love lord of the rings actually that is a story or a comparison that came to mind okay well i suppose then they sort of deflect somehow without ever explaining it in season one there's a set of like i guess you'd say scapegoats for villains which Monsters. is why not monsters, like actual villains, because I think I yeah. could just say Papa. Like, I don't think yeah. that's going to be a spoiler, but that would be more of an embodiment of villain. And then all of a sudden that sort of, well, no, I'm not. This is, this is so crazy because we're like trying to talk about it, but we can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. And then it, it gets more vague later, I feel like. Uh, whereas, well, except season three is a little more, it's sort of specific, but neither of those examples are really ever explained like what their motivation is the cooperators with the monster. Yeah. Like I, I don't ever feel like they explain what the motivation is there. So that was confusing for me. Well, I don't think Especially, they're cooperating. Well, they're cer- certainly trying to, I don't they, know, like sort they of stumbled across, the- they stumbled across something that they started playing with things that they had no idea 
existed. And well, in season three, they're literally trying to like pull it out. The Russians. Yeah. That's like a different group, but yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Different people there. Why are they doing that? I don't know. I, I couldn't answer that question well, but I think for the Russians, I I think in the beginning, Yeah, why do they do? I think in the beginning, why, why do Russians do anything. <laughs> I think in the beginning, uh, it was like a an accident, and and it involved. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty explicitly stated that the things they were exploring with Eleven caused this seam to open, and yes. I think it's yeah, even yeah. stated that yeah. she opened it. So she says uh, she did. Yeah, yeah. So they are now, and they had to. They have this thing that they're like trying to keep undercover and trying to manage and trying to keep quiet and so you're saying i think it's about managing the uh, the security leak the security breach the they don't want it to get out i think i really think that's their motivation in season one okay tracking the girl down this this is more about the secret yeah Uh, they're not evil i well they're not good but they're they're certainly not like yeah in league with the monsters yes Gotcha. So that's my answer to that. You talked oh, a little bit about buy it. Yeah. the quick resolution of conflict, how the story will just kind of move on because crazy stuff's happening. I think we see that and I'll call it shared trauma. And there's something about like an ensemble cast and the shared trauma. I mean, Lord of the Rings is a great example. Uh, different war movies. You'll see this a lot. Even sports movies. I wouldn't call it trauma in a sports movie, but um, just like this uh, intense emotion, shared conflict, maybe. And I I think that is what is furthering the characters along in the story for me. And this, this like heightened emotion while they're in this thing. And, And it's strange. I, you know, some of the shows or maybe movies that I've watched that this is taking place. There's almost like this letdown at the end like times were better when we were running for our life. Almost like, where do yeah. we go from here? Cause a, a brotherhood forms and a sisterhood and yes. a connection and a, you know, the tight knit, uh, but it's all based around this shared trauma. Yeah. So I enjoy that. I think it works. I think you do end up with maybe a little bit more of a two dimensional character, but uh, as I stated before, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I don't know if that helps at all. If that, yeah, it does. I mean, it doesn't not work for me that, and those are the parts that I like about it. I'm buying everything you're saying. And the more you compare it to Lord of the Rings, the more I'm going to end up liking it. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I do Lord of the like, Rings is like the perfect example. Yeah, this yeah, is like yeah. th- it being done to perfection. Yeah. You know, because we are also getting very well-rounded characters right. with this shared trauma. All Like, it's e- everything you want. So, that is the extreme example. I, I wouldn't say this is on level with that, but... I, I guess... So, here's my response to what you said. I do like... And I, I would have said this before you said it, I guess. But I do like the united group. Even though I don't like their particular choice for villain... I do always love the united group against a villain. Like, yes. So, yes. so I love the, re- I do love the relational aspect of, of how they come together to, to go against the villain. And that is the part I love about this show. So yeah. I don't want to make it just seem like I'm poo pooing everything. It's no, it's, no, no, no. And I don't the think, part, yeah, I don't think you are. I don't think yeah. you are at all. I think it's important to note that this does diverge from more character driven shows. It's, yeah. it is, is more about, the experiences of the group, the group as a whole, 
it can work if it's done really well. I think it is done well here. I think I also, if we're talking season to season, it might just be that it's so stylistically different from things I normally watch. Mm -hmm. I'm not used to it. And so I'm not ready to like engage with it. But the way that I like having questions about shows and I like having those questions have answers. And in this show, like if you ask a question about a certain thing, mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't bother anybody I ask, but it's just like, well, why can't, this is more the style of show where it would be like, well, well, it's just how the show is. Why can't you yeah. accept that's how the show is? And I just don't tend to go for shows like that. So for example, I don't think this is a spoiler, but like basically the same problem arises each season. Like it, it's mm -hmm. not a, it's not a, there may be a different element of the problem, but it's the same it problem. Escalates, yes, but yeah, yes. Sure. yes, yes. I'm always thinking like, okay, how did they not see this coming? It just happened. And like, why weren't they, why? And then when everyone's surprised that it happened or does not sure exactly what's happening, it's like, we, do you not remember like a year ago when mm -hmm. the world melted down? Like you've totally mm -hmm. forgot that happened or what? And I understand that maybe it's just, I mean, I'm even, th I'm just thinking it right now. Like maybe it's just like, Hey, can you just buy that for this show? Like that's, that's what you have to do. You have to buy that to get into this show. Mm -hmm. I could see that being the case. That's just not the sort of thing I tend to prefer. It'd be like, well, come on. You, you didn't see that coming. But I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> horror movie joke right there. Like, yeah, don't, don't go in there. You know, who's in there. Like <laughs> don't split up. Right. Oh yeah. Good call. I think, and I hate to wave this flag. I feel like I've done it maybe two or three times already, but this is something that's like done heavily in those 80s style sci-fi shows. And, you know, they love to leave things unsolved, love to leave a lot of open-ended stuff floating around story plot holes, you know, like it's, that's a very, um, 80s sci-fi trope, right? You know? But the only, not only tying up everything with a bow. My only response to that, though, is that's why I don't like those things. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, no, no. I don't, it's I, pretty I, consistent. I can totally see the criticism. Um, and I'm not saying that they're definitely doing that here, but I guess I'm also not saying you're dumb for liking it. No, I, you know, you know, I'm not saying that. He, on, I mean, even if you thought I was, I, I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I feel like I'm on pretty firm footing here with my love of this style of show. But I think the one thing that you can absolutely say about this show is it is trying to remind you of all those shows or all those movies or shows, mainly movies that you watched in the eighties. I think we've explored where you branch off. I think we've definitely discovered the things that you do like and yes. have explained that I would consider this a success. Oh, I, I think, I, I think, I, I think would at the very least yeah, we've extrapolated enough details that like I think it could really help people like potentially get into it. And I what I would like to admit is that coming into it, I thought it was more about the horror elements and it's mm -hmm. it is actually less about that than I thought it was. Yeah. And even though I don't like those elements that much, I'm still very willing and interested in continuing to watch the show because it has enough meat outside of those elements. I suppose I'm to some extent just saying like, I guess don't stereotype this show too much. You, you may enjoy it when you think you, you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair. Well, Anthony. Yeah. Would you care to pitch me a show that I have not seen before, but you feel I like I should be watching? I would care to do that. I thank you. Uh, I want to. I want to take a step back to a show called "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," one of my all-time favorite shows, honestly. But top I, I, ten recommended shows of all time that people have recommended to me. Oh, really? Apps. Oh, for sure. 
Oh, I, that's good. I thought I was a little more on, well, I mean, a lot of my friends really enjoy it, but I sort of thought it was specific to me and my friends. Like it's the kind of oh, show I've, that I've gotten it from you guys. I've gotten it from, uh, yeah. So yeah. anyway, go, go ahead. I, I know this is something I need to be watching though. Well, so. I believe it is. I'm not sure of all the ins and outs and the classifications, but it's, it's been on, I think 15, it's got 15 seasons out. That sounds right. And I, it's, it's the longest running something. It's, I, I, I don't know all the, cause there's some nuance to that statement. It's not the longest running show of all time. Cause like jeopardy and it's not, you know, <laughs> but it's the longest running something. Scripted, yeah. Something like that. Scripted. Not, is it sitcom? Maybe is, it Have there might been be a sitcom. Si- okay. I, I think, I mean, I don't think there's much longer sitcoms than 15 seasons. And so, um, yeah. so it's been on forever. Obviously the, fi- the 15th, I think season just came out this last year. Um, I would say when I recommend it to you, look, okay. So obviously I'm, this recommendation is huge. I'm recommending you pick up something that has who, who knows how many episodes Well, an insane amount of episodes. What I would say about it is it's a, it's a very fun, easy watch. And, uh, there's a couple caveats though. I think you should go all the way back to the beginning and, um, don't try and pick it up somewhere here because they, I never do that anyway. So, I I mean, after 15 years, you, you love the characters by 14, 10 through 15. So if you hop in there, you may not have developed the love yet. I will say Danny DeVito joins in season two and it takes off. I don't think you can, I I don't think it's great to start in season two, although I can't tell you anything I really love about season one, but season two is where it really takes off. And the the main reason is it's just one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. It make, it makes you laugh in a very casual way. They are a bunch of dirt bags. And I, I sort of love the, the frame of like dirt bags making serious cultural commentary. I just, I, I love that, that trope. And so, uh, they do a really good job of that, but there, there's actually a reason I bring this up to you now and I'm digging back into this. Um, I, I still think they're on their game, but I also think what they've done is they're just now releasing a rewatch podcast. And hmm. so they, uh, and it's the three, it's Glenn, Charlie and, and, um, Rob McElhenney. And they're doing the podcast. So oh. they are, they are, I mean, I guess all the ins and outs of this show are crazy, but they developed the show on their own. They've retained the rights to the show and they're all three still working on it. That's um, so it's, it's just like a, such a unique situation, but now they're all rewatching all the way back to see. I mean, I think they're on season three in the podcast. Now I swear to you, the podcast might be funnier to listen to than like the show was. And like, sometimes <laughs> they'll just like record an episode of the podcast and they're supposed to be talking about the episode and they'll never say a word about the episode. You'll just laugh the whole time. But they're like, I think it's always sunny in Philadelphia is insanely creative and really, really funny. And then also like just these, what these three guys do together is just gold. Cause now the podcast is insanely funny and creative. And it's like, are you never going to tire of creating gold? Like they're just continue mm-hmm. creating gold and they just, it's, I, they, they, they certainly hit me the right way. And it might, you know, that's some of the well, element. It might be just me, but it's, it's just really funny. Uh, Google says, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is a black comedy, cringe comedy or satire, <laughs> well, which that's what we love. Well, I, I, th- <laughs> and I think, I mean, not that I don't love it, but it's, I think it's definitely more your thing than more my me, thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so I can definitely tell why this, but it's so something. funny. So Google, if Google says this is a black comedy, but also it says succession is a black comedy. Like they're nothing I don't know. like uh, yeah. they, black comedy is just like, we don't know what to call this. So we're going to call it black comedy. <laughs> Vague 
comedy where there's no laugh track and jokes aren't expl- like explicitly funny. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So yeah, please check that out at some point. But also you can you can watch a couple and set it back down. It's what what it's really good for is and you'll get your favorite episodes. I have episodes I'll just go back in the middle like season 2. Uh, the gang solves the North Korea situation. Like oh. I go back, I go back and watch that episode. Like every once in a while, just by itself. I don't need to watch the whole season. Just watch that. It's like playing a song I love. So uh, it's really good for that. It's really good for a laugh. So yeah, check that out. What about you? So I recently watched the Tony Hawk documentary on HBO. It's called Tony Hawk when the wheels fall off. Yeah. I'm, I mean, man, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pumped. I- so, so good. This, this is a guy and he, I mean, has just the, his work ethic. Yeah. What I think the craziest thing to me was he was starting when I was born in yeah. like 83, 84. But, but when I was like a, in high school, I remember hearing about him hitting the 900. Yeah. So we're talking like, you know, 18 or maybe not even, it was like 15 years later, he's hitting yeah. the 900. And he's at the top of his game. So I'm just someone who, who is at the top of their game and like the best for that long. But I mean, this really takes a deep dive into maybe some of the, the politics of, uh, you know, the skating world and what it was like in the mid eighties and how it, it becomes really popular for a while. And then no one's talking about it. And that really affects the livelihood of the, Mm -hmm. the skateboarders and, you know, and of course, then he had um, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you know, one, two, three, four, five, which actually th- that's how I kind of got in on sure, like, yeah, like sure. I, I just was I played his game a lot and I was like, this is kind of cool. And then I, you know, got into Birdhouse and his mm-hmm. um, his, you know, his company and all that stuff. And anyway, any interest in at all in skating or Tony Hawk or any of that, maybe even just something you remember in your periphery, this is worth the watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, talk about nostalgia. This is my nostalgia. Uh, I yeah. watched I watched him do the 900 live. I remember I oh, remember where I was watching that 900. It was they, crazy. It, that's my nostalgia right there. That's insane. Well, you'll love this for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm this sure is a I'm no-brainer. Pumped. I'm pumped. I heard a podcast interview with him, so I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it that that interview was fascinating too. He had a, he recently, I think they talked about did they talk about the the his recent wreck in the documentary? Oh yeah. 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 Crazy man. Uh I mean, I think just how and they were talking about how they'll they'll get together and you know, it's the um it's something the bones crew some i can't remember the name but it's like his original crew that he was a part of um the the lords of dogtown guy yes. started well, his, that crew his coach is what's his uh uh stacy something Stacey. yeah yeah stacy who Peralta. was like who was like the Stacey best Peralta, yeah he was he wasn't um he was one of the lords of dogtown yes but he was yeah. the skater he wasn't the guy who started the group right um, right Okay. Anyway, sorry. Uh, he wasn't Heath Ledger in the Heath movie. Ledger. He wasn't Heath Ledger's character. He was like the he long, was one blonde of Heath haired. Ledger's kids. Yeah, yeah, long yes. blonde hair kid. Yeah, anyway. and he's the one that didn't like lose it to drugs. The rest yes. of them kind of lost it to drugs, and Stacy Peralta is the one that stayed stayed straight. So anyway, they talk about how they had this reunion, and he, you know, everyone else will bail out if things are getting a little too intense, a little too yeah. dicey. Yeah, but hawk just stays in and yeah. and stays in until he like 
he only stops when it gets hurt. So it's yeah. like this man. And I don't know. You should watch it. It's, it's yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Well, any quick hits, anything you've been watching? I know you've yeah. been, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I like had to scramble so hard to watch. I've watched tons of stranger things coming up. I'm curious. So Netflix has sort of been toying with announcing a price hike. I, I don't know whether it's taken place yet. But I think they're jumping up into the $20 range per month. And more importantly, they're about to, for me, I, they're about to start offering a commercial option. I'm just Whoa. curious what you think that's going to do to Netflix. It's, it's pretty interesting, especially because we've literally mentioned certain shows. That would only work like this. Yeah, you can't, you can't have a commercial in the middle of it. So, ooh. How to avoid the price hike and downgrade. Well, I bet that's commercial. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my plan right now is rather pricey already. Yeah. And, and I know, like, I know where I started and I know where I am and I know it's kicked, ticked up in increments. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like it's jumping all that much each time. I will probably follow this up. <laughs> I will probably follow it up this time, but I did see. That one thing they're doing is trying to crack down. They lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of this year and may not sound like a lot lot because they have 200, you know, they have like 200 million subscribers overall, but they've contributed or are are committed on $20 billion worth of content acquisitions and new projects. So, uh, 200,000 does, I mean, basically they've, they've, they're, sure. they are contributing more money than they'll make from subscriptions. Yeah. Well, so, except I did the math. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but it was, they have how many subscribers? Do you I'm regurgitating this information. I didn't do the math. So if no, I'm, you, whatever you just said was right. It was 200 million subscribers. It, they have 200 million, they lost 200,000 and they've okay. contributed and they have promised or, or like, or committed on like 20 billion in co- new content. Okay, now if you don't mind, what you is your cur- what's your current price on Netflix? Oh gosh. Is it 13.99 uh, still? No, it's Until, more than that. B- before the before the price hike? It's more than 13.99. Okay, so I'm going to say let's say it's $15. Well, I can't my calculator won't even do it on my. Okay, so Netflix, not everyone does that though. I do the Go ahead. Go ahead. In this quick math, Netflix in subscriber money gets $3 billion. Billion, I said, $3 billion a month in mm. subscriber money. Is that not insane? Not everyone is doing the $15 plan, right? There sure. are, there is like a single do- digit, there is like a six or $7 plan. Uh, the basic plan you can get dvds mailed to you or- no there but there is i'm not gonna look at this stuff while we're but i know there is like a basic there's two levels below me i know okay. that okay so i may be wrong on the math i'm also you're right I'll, they're in the poor will, house you're right <laughs> they're not in the poor house <laughs> but i will i will admit i'm regurgitating this information i did not do the math for myself i'm sure they're going to be just fine yeah but it is it does seem like it's maybe a little more significant than it may it may seem at first glance. Sure. Anyways, what I was saying was what one thing they're doing is cracking down on uh, password sharing. Yeah. 
which I don't know how they'll do that exactly. I know Hulu uses like location services for their live Hulu live. So it knows where you are. And if you try to turn that off, it won't let you log in. So you can't be logged into Hulu live at more than one location. It's crazy. So nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't. Because here's the funny thing is like, I'm perfectly happy with all the things I watch on different, whatever. I'm also very aware that I'm very content when I have to drop something because like it, I I'm not sitting around thinking like, Oh, I really wish I could. No, I don't care. I'll drop it. No problem. If you're going to make it super difficult to watch, I'm not going to sit around and whine about it. I just won't watch it anymore. So do you want me to watch your stuff or not? That's the bottom line. And you're better off if I'm watching your stuff than if I'm not. Yeah. I am paying 2149 a month. Oh my gosh. The, the reason I don't know this is because my family is on a shared Netflix plan. Gotcha. And I don't think that's going to count as like cracking down. On, I think we're allowed to be doing what we're doing because we pay for multiple users in different areas or something like that. Well, I don't think I knew I was paying this much. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, no, I did. Well, it literally, you- it just ticked up. April 15th was the first. Oh, right. New- this is probably the new price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably the new price. Well, you're going to have to wait a little bit more because I also, the last thing I want to mention before I pass it to you is that by the time this comes out, probably I'll be done with Ozark because it comes out Friday. So does it? Uh, yeah. You think you're going to be, yeah, this Friday it comes out. So just, just gut level reaction. You think you're going to be satisfied or not satisfied with the new, with the end, with the the end of the whole show. No, oh, there's no way I'll be satisfied. Yeah, no, I think that's I'm, what I think. I'm I usually think. let down with yeah finales because my expectations are always high. Yeah. So, all right, well, what are you what are you doing? Oh, quick, quick hits uh, for 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 me. Um, the Mayans just started yeah. up again on uh, Hulu. I think it's FX Hulu. I'm not sure. I, I never I don't even really know, know how that works, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know either. This is the um, the Sons of Anarchy spinoff. Um, I've been keeping track of it pretty pretty closely since the since it it aired a handful of years ago it's uh, the mayans are the biggest rival of the sons of anarchy in the original show Mm. so this takes place and it's um in like southern southern california uh, closer to the border so we do get some like interesting modern era border stuff which is Mm. kind of interesting you know if you're um if you're up on your current events yeah. So, um, is it, that's, is it different enough from sons of anarchy or is it just I'd more say, sons? Of I'd anarchy? say tonally it's different, Okay, but it's a lot of the same. It's a lot. I mean, it's about the motorcycle club. It's, um, I mean, the one thing that, uh, the kind of the sons of anarchy always tried to stay out of was like running drugs and the Mayans. That's their main thing. They run, oh, interesting. they run a lot of drugs. So, um, I'd say it's different enough, but no, if, if you hated sons of anarchy, you're not going to like this. Yeah. I, I, I will say that. Um, also I know I recommended this during the show that will not be aired, but, uh, <laughs> slow horses on Apple TV plus is so good. And I will get you watching that. I know I will. I, um, I started, I tried it and really enjoyed it. I fell asleep because I was tired, not because I didn't like it. And then I had more, pressing things to watch for the sake of this podcast. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. haven't picked it back up yet, but I do. I did like it. What I saw. This is your refreshed, uh, renewed 
version of the classic Cold War era espionage thriller. I mean, this is my bread and butter right here. So um, plenty upbeat, though. It's not super dry, like maybe like you think of like Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy or uh, some of those. So I think it has plenty of energy and Gary Oldman is great in this. Mm. So I would recommend this wholeheartedly. Cool. Ooh, we had some stuff to say tonight, but I feel I feel good about it. Thanks for chatting, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for watching Stranger Things wholeheartedly. I mean that. Thank you for doing that. I understand. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, but this was fun for me. I mean, I was was, happy to do it. I was I think. Yeah, I think this is a great concept generally like um, it's fine for us to both love something. It is usually fine, but this is a nice change of pace. Yeah. Do you get both perspectives where you you love it and I'm man, it's fine. It's a good show for sure. And there's just some things I don't like about it for sure, which I will probably be the same case with once we get to mine. I imagine. Uh, Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, we'll see. episode and you haven't already please take a minute to rate and review our podcast we would really appreciate it also hit that subscribe button so you are notified the minute we release new content lastly the good show facebook group is up and running we would love to chat with you and hear your opinions on our episodes again thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time